welcome to the Almost Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and of course, this is a show about whatever I want. Well, this is a really interesting show. I've got to begin this by telling you what's new. Um, For the last couple of months, I have thought about, I was intent upon ending this show. And I was thinking about writing an episode called The End. And interestingly, I was going to write it and entitle it The End. And there was one part of me that wanted to call it The End with a period at the end of it. And that to me connoted it's final. Like, that's it. This is going to be my last episode. And then there was another part of me that wanted to write The End with no period. And that would connote to me, hmm, it is the end. I'm planning on it being the end, but it's open at the same time. Things change. And so for two months, I really did think about that. I, that that's what I was thinking. And the, the thought was based on the fact that I, I had come so far with the Almost Enlightened podcast, um, I needed to expand my businesses, and I spent a tremendous amount of time doing that. Um, that's what I did for quite a long time. And that took my energy away from the podcast. I wasn't able to do the podcast anymore. And for many, many months, that hurt. It was a difficult prospect to swallow. I couldn't, I couldn't really reconcile that feeling. And I knew that the podcast had been a passion of mine for so long, but I, I couldn't put the energy in it. And I, I couldn't do what I needed to do to continue producing it. So that's why I thought, well, I guess I've moved on. I guess I'm doing different things. And the reconciliation started to come over the last two months as I came to terms with that. Yes, I am doing different things. Yes, I am working on my businesses. But all the while I'm progressing, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm expanding. And one of the things that I do with one of my businesses is a business that I have with my wife called Cacouching. And we do cacao ceremonies. And so I've had the opportunity with her to be able to perform these cacao ceremonies live. Um, They require a tremendous amount of research, or at least a, a certain amount of research. And that's similar to doing a podcast. So I get to research and then I get to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I get to not moderate, but share my information with the community when we do these cacao ceremonies. So that's kind of been the way that I've been able to feel my podcast is through the cacao ceremony. And then furthermore, on an Instagram channel that we call Cacao Ching, Cacao, C-A-C-A-O, Ching, C-H-I-N-G, short for cacao and coaching, um, we do these lives once a, once a day, five days a week. And that's different. That's different than this podcast in the sense that those aren't researched. These are things that I'm learning, that I'm seeing, that I'm observing. And then on the fly, my wife Sarah and I, we start the live session on on Instagram. And then it just comes out uh, and we talk and it goes wherever it's supposed to go. And so I suppose it's kind of the evolution of the show. It's something I needed to learn. It's something I needed to practice. And I'm really grateful for that. And that was the reconciliation I needed when I was trying to figure out what to do with this podcast. And the reconciliation was this feeling that, you know what, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And you're growing, you're expanding, you're, you're trying different things. And it has felt really good. Um, at times, it, it's been challenging. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't stand that I'm not doing the podcast. I've got so much heart invested in this podcast. 
But now I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to realize I was supposed to do exactly what I was doing and what I am doing. And so, you know, in all these endeavors and all these businesses and all this energy that I've been spending doing all these different things, I knew about a week ago when we did the last cacao ceremony that, hmm, the topic of this last cacao ceremony is so interesting, I would love to share it on my podcast. And at that moment, I thought, yeah, that feels right. So I'm going to do that. And I kind of thought about it on and off throughout the week. And that didn't change. I was like, ooh, I could do that. And I'll post the podcast. And it's just going to be what it's going to be. It's, it's not a scripted podcast. I've done the research for the cacao ceremony, but it's going to come out in a real organic way, in a real natural way as I speak with you. And then it all kind of came together and I thought, well, maybe that's the future of my podcast. Maybe I just podcast when I feel like it. I just, I don't know, if, I, if, I, if I'm up to it, if I have something to say, I'm just going to get on and I'm going to do it because I love this podcast. And it kind of fits in with all the things I'm doing now. So I, I get to do those live things. I get to think sp spontaneously. Uh, I get to do some research. And then when I feel like it, I'll record it on this podcast. And incidentally, you may be listening to this podcast, but I'm also recording it on my Zoom at this particular moment. So um, here I am sitting in a bathrobe uh, with my hair tied back, speaking into my microphone that has a, speak, um, uh, a sock on it. You're seeing the bare bones, man. You're seeing the real thing, the real deal right now. This is me on a Saturday morning, Saturday, October the 8th, 2022, just being me. I'm in my house coat, speaking into this mic that I love with this sock that I love over it for a company that I do some work with, AZX. I love them. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I feel, I feel great. I feel beautiful. I feel on top of the world and I'm so excited to share this podcast with you this new episode and uh, I'm gonna jump right into it it's called the matrix so my gosh does it require any background um I don't know why maybe let's let's give you the background that perhaps you need um, the only background I think you might need is that uh, when we did this when we shared this information for a cacao ceremony last week um, it's a bit of a different forum. So let me tell you what that forum's all about so that you can understand the perception, the, the, the reflection that you're gonna see of this particular podcast episode today. So when we do a cacao ching, sorry, when we do a cacao ceremony, what happens is it's about a two and a half hour affair. We use the modality of cacao, meaning that we drink cacao, like pure cacao, 100% cacao in, in beverage format. So it's kind of like a hot chocolate, but there's no additives. There's no preservatives. It's just pure, beautiful cacao from ours is from Costa Rica. Everyone on the call, and we do this virtually, um, and people join in from around the world, uh, some from the far reaches of Canada and some from uh, Europe, and uh, we've even had people from Mauritius uh, and, uh, and other continents um, join us. But essentially, through the modality of cacao, we're connecting through that beautiful plant medicine, and we have an intention set that we are going to learn together, we're going to share together, we're going to grow together. 
And then typically the format is that we open it up for some discussion. We, we pose a question that allows people to contemplate something that will relate to today's session, in this case, the matrix. And then I do a little talk and I share information that I've learned over the past you know, month as I've prepared for the, the seminar. Um, and, um, and then after that, uh, my wife, Sarah does a seminar, uh, sorry, a, um, a meditation and it centers around the topic. So it takes information from what we've both learned together. It, 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 again, it really, um, directs your energy towards an intention of just, um, relaxing, being in the moment, now receiving the information and doing with it what you will. And her meditations are always unbelievable. They're, they're fabulous. <laughs> they're some of the best meditations I've ever heard. And, um, and then everyone participates in that meditation. And after that, um, time providing, we, we, open the floor for discussion and the conversation goes wherever it's supposed to go. And these, these cacao ceremonies are just magical. Like they're, 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 I don't know, they're transformative, I would say. Um, so that's what a cacao ceremony is, but I'm going to bring just my portion of the cacao ceremony into today's podcast. And it's a talk on the topic, the matrix. So here I go. Here's my talk on the matrix. All right, so let's begin by asking ourselves what a matrix is. What is a matrix? And an appropriate place to start might be the dictionary, right? Like, let's, I don't know, like, let's define it. Like, if I want to know what it is, why don't I look it up? And the dictionary should tell me what it is. And when you do that, and when I look up something, I like to go into the etymology of the word. I like to figure out what, what, where, where's, where does the word come from? Like, what was it first used as? And my studies led me to the understanding that the word matrix, its root is mater, the Latin mater, which means um, mother, right? Um, and it comes from the Sanskrit, matar, M-A-T-A-R, which again means mother. How cool is that, right? Um, in fact, I'm, I'm told in my research, or I, I, I discovered that matrix in its initial form meant uterus, meant womb. And so if we, if we take what we've just learned there, that the root is mother and it means um, womb or uterus, then I think we can start to get this picture that matrix means um, a womb, a uterus is a place of creation, right? And mothers, um, they, they, they birth children, they create children, they, they house the children as the children are growing in gestation, right? So we start to get this feeling for the word. And this is really important to me. This is a really important concept. Words often lead us astray, right? Language oftentimes I find pigeonholes us. Um, and, and, and it, 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 defines what a concept is, and sometimes so narrowly that we lose the essence of what the word actually is. 
And so when we go back to the origins of the word matrix and we go, ah, mater, and we think uterus and we think womb, then to me, the essence always was creation. And when I think of mothers, I think of birth, of course. I think of nurturing. I think of uh, nutrients. I think of uh, a shared symbiotic relationship. I think of um, protection, all, all of these things, like a real coming to birth. That's what I think of when I think of mother. So now I begin to understand matrix in a different way. I begin to see it and feel it from its place of origin, which to me is the foundation of, of how I like to understand something. I like to kind of just feel its birth. And to me, that's where the birth comes from is, is those terms that I was just sharing with you. And then in my research, I continued to research, you know, how has the definition evolved over the years? And to, to I guess not to my surprise, but to my discovery, it's evolved in a variety of ways, this definition of matrix. And I'll read just a couple of them. I've got some notes here that I scratched down. And um, at one point, it, it meant that which encloses or gives origin to something. That which encloses or gives origin to something. And again, I get this picture of the uterus, right? It's like it encloses, and uh, this is the place where conception happens. This is the place where gestation happens. And and I, I think, okay, well, that's the enclosure. It gives origin to something. And what is that something? Well, the something is the baby in, in utero, right? So it's it's the whole thing. It's that which encloses or gives origin to. So I like that definition. I'm like, okay, like let's think about that for a matrix. A matrix is a place that encloses or gives origin to. And soon in this conversation, we're going to talk about what we're giving birth to, what we are originating, what, what we are building and making, um, because that's part of the matrix, right? So as we, you know, uh, oh, and I, I, had, I had another thought also as I was preparing for this talk. Um, with that definition, think for a second about an oven, right? Think about um, an oven being the enclosure in which something is developed. And then think about bread, right? We can develop bread inside of an oven. And um, what allows us to make bread? Well, I would posit that what allows us to make bread is the ingredients that we put in the oven, right? So when we put in yeast and flour and water and whatever else you put in to make bread, and you put that in the oven at a certain temperature, then what happens is it builds bread, right? Like the, the bread is materialized, actually is made inside of that enclosure. So the oven, the enclosure is the matrix and we are creating the bread inside. And what I find rather interesting about that thought about the oven is that, you know, what is inside the oven? It's we can't see anything inside the oven. It's just space. Like that's what's inside of it. And so we are in essence creating bread out of space. And sure, we are we are controlling the actual space in terms of a temperature, but we don't see it. It's just a space. And with all of those ingredients, and then with a controlled temperature, boom, poof, 
we create bread, right? So this is what happens in a matrix is creation actually happens within the matrix. And I find that really cool. So let's keep on moving and let's talk about um, further definitions for matrix because eventually by the 1620s, we are starting to talk about um, a definition that says it's the mold in which something is cast or shaped Ah, okay, so that's now the definition of the matrix, the mold in which something is cast or shaped. And I should say that's not the only definition. I mean, I found this in one place on the internet, but I'm sure there are tons and tons of dictionaries and tons and tons of different uh, definitions, but these are some of the ones that I came across. And so this particular definition, a mold in which something is cast or shaped, um, I I think I get the image of um, this mold where you're creating a sword, right? So maybe it's made out of stone or something and it's been carved out and it's been etched out and it's been, you know, finely sanded so that it's perfect and it doesn't have any bumps or ridges. It's this gorgeous mold. And then we take metal, liquid metal, hot metal, metal that's been heated up to liquid form. We put it in the mold and we allow uh, the temperature to do its thing. So as the, as the, liquid metal cools down, it solidifies, and eventually we're left with something that's created in that mold, and it's a sword, right? So you pull the mold, uh, pull the sword out of the mold, or you break the mold, and you've got yourself a metal sword. You created something out of nothing. But what you really did was you created that sword out of the space, right? The mold, the shape is integral to what you're going to build, but you couldn't build it without the space. It, it, just like the oven, it's the space that's essential in building something. It's the nothing that's essential in building something, right? And I, I get so jazzed by this idea. Like, what a fucking wild idea. Like, out of nothing comes something. I, I love it. As you can see, I'm excited by this concept. And so now by the 1640s, we are talking about embedding or enclosing mass, That's now our definition of the matrix, embedding or enclosing mass. Ooh, well, that's interesting. So we're putting mass in something now. Ah, and to me, in my previous research research for other episodes, I equate mass with energy. Anything that has mass has energy um, by virtue of it having weight, right? And if we have weight, then we have atoms. And if we have atoms, then we have energy, right? So for me, anything that has mass is indeed energy. So now we're getting this definition, embedding or enclosing mass. So when we put something in an enclosure, ah, that's a matrix? Okay, interesting. So, but we're still, it's still the enclosure that seems to be the definition. Whatever is in that enclosure is part of the matrix, is part of the creation of the matrix or what's being created by the matrix or held by the matrix perhaps. So I I find that definition interesting and somewhat confusing actually, uh, given that we're putting something in nothing now. So now we get to the 1914s and uh, we get to 1914 and I find this definition and the definition says, it's an array of possible combinations of truth values. Let me read that again. It's an array of possible combinations of truth values. And I 
quite like that definition because now I start to get closer to what I felt a matrix was before I even started any of the research. And let me share what I felt it was. I felt that a matrix was simply a place where we put things, right? And so I was always thinking about the idea of a graph, right? And having a y-axis and an x-axis. And then we put information in that graph. And the graph itself is the matrix. And the matrix is composed of the set of criteria we assign to that graph. So for instance, if we were going to chart our height or you know people's height on this planet according to their age on the y-axis, zero being you know birth and 100 years old being the upper echelon, and then, and that would be on the y-axis, and we were going to chart um, height and we started at zero being you're, you have no height, <laughs> you're not born yet, um, all the way up to, I don't know, 10 feet, or call it. And then we plotted that and, and, and we put in the information, then it would paint a picture of, of the information that you're putting into the matrix. So I, I would just may, perhaps just take, follow one child, my own child, and I would say, okay, uh, when you're born, you're, I don't know how long you are when you're born, say you're 18 inches or I don't know, 24 inches, whatever. I, I plot that. Okay. At zero or just past zero, here we go. I'm going to plot this at 18 inches. Ah, now you're one year old. I'm going to plot that at 24 inches. Now you're two years old. I'm going to plot that at 36 inches. Now you're three years old. I'm going to plot that at, you know, 40 whatever inches. And then I keep on plotting it and I'm seeing this line progress, these dots that I can join and that tells me a story. So this is what I always thought of the matrix. Again, it's a graph, but the graph is defined by the criteria we set for it. And, the, and then the data that we put into the matrix now paints a picture and allows me to understand something about people growing up and the correlation to height as they grow up. And what's interesting is that in this particular example, and I'll sidebar here for a couple of seconds, if we were to stop that at seven years old, we might assume, oh, well, that line's gonna keep on going up. Isn't that cool? Like, look at that. Like, I, I can probably say with, with conviction that, yeah, after seven years of research, that's what's gonna happen. It's just gonna keep on going up. But we all know, because we've seen several lifespans of people, that at some point, the data actually levels out. So our height gets to a maximum, and then there's now a flat line. And so that's another interesting thing about the matrix is that in this case, if we didn't know any better and we hadn't studied the data and we were just plotting scientifically, we would never know that the line flattens until we experience the line flattening, right? So what you see in the matrix is valid based on the, infer the, the, the criteria you set for your matrix, but it's not to say that it can't change. You haven't experienced it all yet unless you have, I don't know if you have. So, so this is the other fascinating thing about the matrix is that in this case, it takes time to evaluate what actually happens to the picture inside your matrix. You've got to wait. And in my opinion, the, the universe is infinite in terms of time. Like it, there's no beginning, there's no end. So anything can happen within that matrix, anything. 
but we have a conceived notion of what's actually going to happen within that matrix. So that's the definition I always had of a matrix was I saw it as a graph. That was my visualization, my interpretation of it. And the information, in this case, the definition from 1914, the truth values represent, they are, they are the pixels that will actually begin to formulate the picture within that matrix. And so now I can extrapolate and I can say, okay, so if it's a graph, um, what else can represent a graph for me? And so now I start seeing matrices or matrices, that's the plural for matrix. I start seeing matrices everywhere. And I start realizing that, okay, so that's a graph in 2D. Um, am I living in a graph right now? Is, is, is my matrix, is my set of criteria different depending on where I go? And I posit that the answer is yes. So if I walk into my bathroom, there's a whole set of criteria in my bathroom. I'm likely going to sit on the toilet or I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to floss my teeth. There's lots of things I do in the bathroom. So there's a certain set of criteria that I'm going to measure in the bathroom. But in reality, I can do whatever the heck I want in my bathroom. I could play hockey in my bathroom if I really, really wanted to, but I'm probably not. And so what you're going to see in my matrix, in my bathroom matrix, is a certain set of behaviors that are predicated upon the information that I set for the matrix, right? You, you understand what I'm saying here? Same thing as the age and the height. That's the, that's the, that's the criteria I set, and so that's the information I'm going to see, that's the picture I'm going to see. And so in the bathroom, the picture you often see is the criteria I set. I brush my teeth there. I floss my teeth there. I take a bath. I take a shower. So this is what you see. This is what materializes in that space in the matrix. doesn't mean it has to happen. It can be anything. You know, I could have sex in the bathroom. I could, as I said, I could play baseball in the bathroom. I could have a fit in the bathroom. I do whatever I want, and I'm creating something that normally doesn't happen in the matrix. Therefore, I have complete control, to an extent, over what happens in that matrix. And then when I walk down a flight of stairs and walk into my kitchen, that's another matrix, right? So now in the kitchen, there's a whole other set of things that happen in that matrix that just don't happen in my bathroom, right? So in my kitchen matrix, I'm cooking. Um, I'm, sometimes I'm sweeping the floor. Sometimes um, I'm having a dance party with my wife because we've got speakers in the kitchen and the kids are in bed and we're dancing and having fun, right? So a different set of things happens in the kitchen matrix. And so again, start to extrapolate, start to think beyond that. Like what else is there? Beyond your house, there's a matrix in school where certain behaviors occur. There's a matrix in university. There's a matrix in your office space. There's a matrix uh, at the symphony. There's a matrix everywhere you go. Like everywhere you go, there are different matrices, right? So now you really get this sense that What's being manifest, what's happening, the picture that's being painted, the reality that's being created is um, actually dependent on where the matrix is, on the set of criteria that you've set for that matrix. So this is the way that I've always seen a matrix. And when I do the research and I go through all these definitions now, I'm like, oh, I could see how this relates. I could see how this is all coming together. Um, but fundamentally, let's go back to that original definition, mother, uterus, womb, I see creation. This is what I see. This is what it's telling me. My intuition is telling me it's all about creation. 
And so now I'm thinking, well, I can create matrices anywhere I go. I can create a matrix anywhere I go, right now, right here. In fact, this is a matrix. I have a matrix right here, and this matrix for me right near one, right now, one of the criteria is creation. I'm gonna create what I wanna create. Magic's gonna come out, knowledge is gonna come out, because that's what I set it as. And so I'm creating right now. Fucking awesome, right? Like, I, I love that. Um, so, hey, you're part of my matrix right now. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to my matrix. Like, how cool is that? How unbelievable that we're sharing an experience in a matrix that I've created. And now, here's the interesting thing. You're in this matrix and you create in it as well. You are understanding what you want to understand, what you have to understand, what you are capable of understanding. It is your matrix as well. There's a matrix within a matrix, right? Is that not mind-blowing? Is that not incredible? So again, matrices exist everywhere. There's a complexity everywhere you walk. You're walking through different matrices, right? You're walking through nature's matrix. When you're walking outside, you're walking through a room's matrix. I've got light shining on me right now that are, that are illuminating me. Those are creating a matrix, right? There's just, there's an infinite amount of matrices that I'm engaging with. I'm moving through dimensions. I'm moving moving through matrices as I speak with you. It's, it's incredible, right? Like it's just so empowering to think of, so wild to think of that all of this is happening right now, right now. Millions, billions, infinite amount of matrices that we are in right now. And the particular one that, that I choose to engage in, the primary one, the dominant matrix right now, is the one that I have full control over. And this is precisely what I wanna do in this matrix right now, is talk to you. And so I'm doing that. And I'm talking to myself too, I'm having a lot of fun talking to myself, but I'm creating in my matrix. You can do that too. That's unbelievable. So I, I want to rest there. I want to sit there for a couple of seconds. I want to honor that because, man, what a beautiful thought. And I don't want to rush too fast into the next part of this talk because I want you to sit there for a couple of seconds. I want you to sit in your matrix right now and feel it. So I'll rest. I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. We're all feeling it, right? We're in the matrix. We're in your matrix. We're in my matrix. That's community. That's togetherness, right? And you get to bring what you want to bring into it. Right now, I, I'm overwhelmed with emotion. I'm, I'm, I, I'm feeling love. Like I'm, <laughs> how incredible, <laughs> how incredible. <laughs> what a discovery, what a discovery right now. Bam, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> what a discovery. <laughs> Fuck. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh my God. If we didn't even go any further, I would say this would be an incredible podcast. I would say this would be an incredible experience. So here we are. You're in it. <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Let's keep going because I feel like it. <laughs> All right. So. The next, the next thing is that so much talk in our society, in Western culture, um, you know, revolves around uh, popular culture and, you know, what we know, what we see. And one of the things that's, 
that resonates or has resonated in popular culture has been this movie, The Matrix, right? And I think uh, I think it's worth talking about. So a quick synopsis, and it's been years since I've seen The Matrix. So if I go and screw this up, you know, don't hate. I think I have the gist of it, uh, having seen it and having read the synopsis again prior to this uh, presentation here. <laughs> but in essence, The Matrix is about uh, a computer hacker uh, by the name, I think his last name's Anderson. I, I forget his first name, something Anderson. Um, and his hacking name, he goes by the name Neo, which I find so cool and so deliberate. Uh, Neo, of course, meaning new or meaning birth, right? So I, I, I like that. Right there, there's something kind of cool beneath the surface that I that I want to investigate. Anyways, Neo, or Anderson, is, is a hacker. And as he's presumably doing his thing that he does every day on the computer, he's coming across the term the matrix. He's seeing the matrix. He's not quite understanding, and he, and he wants to know what the matrix is. And in a nutshell, he's visited by someone called Trinity, a character called Trinity, who says, if you really want to know about the matrix, let me introduce you to Morpheus, another character who knows all about the matrix and who will shed some light on the matrix. Um, I'm skipping a ton of parts. I'm oversimplifying this, but bear with me. And so, of course, you know, Buddy wants to find out um, what the Matrix is all about. So uh, he engages and ultimately he ends up seeing Morpheus and Morpheus presents him with an option. And the option is here are two pills. One is blue and one is red. And if you take uh, the red pill, oh shit, I don't remember which one is which, but I don't know. Uh, the red pill allows you to uh, see the matrix. How about that? Um, so if you take this pill, um, you're going to understand what the matrix is. It's your choice. You can choose to do that. And if you take this other pill, it's a blue pill, then your life goes back to normal and you'll just, you know, be the dude you've always been doing what you always did and, and uh, you, you won't be any worse off for it. And of course, because he had always wanted to know about the matrix, he chooses the red pill, if, if that's the right color. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But he chooses this pill. And so now he sees the matrix. And what he sees in this vision is he sees humanity. He sees human beings um, enshrouded in liquid, suspended in liquid. And they're not moving, per se. They're, there's a cord attached to the back of their, their brain, their brain stem, right, in, in the back of their head, I guess, that presumably connects to their brain. And what he goes on to discover is that that's what's really happening. So what you're experiencing, Neo, is you're experiencing, you're experiencing a simulation of life, so everything you see is a simulation and, um, and everything you experience and everything you feel is a simulation, but what you really are is suspended in liquid and that simulation is being fed to you. And the reason that's happening is because uh, in the 20th century or the 21st century, there was a war between humans and technology or AI, I guess. And uh, ultimately, the humans lost that war. But uh, as I remember it and as I understand it in the synopsis that I read, um, essentially, the humans at one point in this war detonate a nuclear bomb that blocks out the sun for a period of years. And this is the strategy or the tactic they use to try and um, disempower the AI because now they don't have any power. They, were, they used to be getting that from the sun. 
But the AI decide that, well, there's another form of power, and that's bioelectrical power. And humans are bioelectrical beings. And so if we could just harness the power from humans, then fabulous. Um, we can keep on living and keep on thriving, right? So it seems that this AI that's, I guess, possibly sentient at this point has a desire to want to live. And so it... Um, engages in war with the humans, enslaves humans, um, start plugging them in and taking their bioelectrical energy and feeding the humans a simulation to keep them alive so that they can harness this energy. And now humans know no better. They're trapped in a simulation of life. And so this is what Neo understands is the matrix now. Ah, my whole life is a sham, right? He realizes his whole life is a sham. And it's very similar to Plato's allegory of the cave from the Republic in the sense that in the cave, you've got prisoners who are shackled to a wall, who can't move, who can't move their heads, who don't know that there are prisoners next to them. And um, on the cave wall in front of them is projected um, shadows. And the shadows come from a fire that is behind the prisoners. And um, and whatever passes in front of the fire creates a shadow on the wall, and the prisoners see that and believe that is reality. That is their reality. It's all they know. They've never been able to move. They've never understood that they are physical beings. They are just seeing, and they've never seen anything in 3D. Other than, all they've seen is these 2D shadow images. And so they believe that that's reality in the same way that Neo believed that what he was doing in his daily life, hacking computers, doing what he did, walking around, presumably having girlfriends, all that stuff, his daily life, he believed that was real. But in being shown the Matrix by Morpheus, he now says, holy shit, like, that's not real. Like, I want real. And um, this is the same thing in the cave in Plato's allegory, we're looking at these shadows and, and, and the prisoners believe that's real when all of a sudden someone comes and releases a prisoner and says, well, I'm going to take you out and starts dragging the prisoner out. And on the way out, the prisoner sees the fire. And, and of course, if you've been in a, in a cave forever and you're adjusted to that light and you're only seeing shadows, then you will have never seen light directly into your eyes. And so upon seeing the fire, it would be blinding, like blinding. What the hell is that? And you'd be confused and, and you'd be like, oh my, like, ah, like I can't take this. And you'd be mind blown. Like you wouldn't even understand what a 3D uh, object was if all you'd ever seen were 2D objects. So it'd be mighty confusing. So, so I, the reason I share that with you is because I want to talk about the prospect that we're living in a matrix right now. And I'd like you to understand the degree to which you would be confused if you were pulled out of the matrix. That's why I'm going down this road right now with you. So, now, in the allegory of the cave, um, the prisoner is confounded by the fire. Oh, my God, I can't see. It's crazy. And they're, they're, they're dragged up um, and, and don't, don't really understand the 3D images. And imagine coming out of the cave and now, instead of seeing a fire, you see the sun. Like, that would be another mind-blowing experience. I mean, it might just be too much. You might just pass out. Like, what the hell is going on here, right? You can't see anything. It's, you're just blinded by this intense light. Now, 
again, it's an allegory and it's imaginary. So eventually this prisoner's eyes will acclimatize and they'll see and they'll feel and they'll, they'll touch, presumably. And you start to have a deeper understanding of what reality truly is. Oh, it's, it's not the shadows that I was seeing in the cave anymore. There is a whole other life here. And the shadows were a representation of what was walking in front of the fire. And I now know what that representation is. It's 3D beings that were walking in front of the fire. And I can touch them and I can feel them. And I, ne I never knew that existed. And so you would be discovering all of these things you, you, in this new world, in this new reality. Like it would just be one mind-blowing discovery after the next. And so if you're truly living in a matrix right now, imagine being extricated from that matrix and imagine what you would feel, what you would know, what new discoveries you would make. In fact, I posit right now that you wouldn't be able to imagine it. Right now, you can't imagine what's on the other side. You can't because you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have ever felt it, right? So it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? Well, uh, okay, Alex, how do I get out of the matrix then and feel all these things? I, I want to feel that. I, I want to be like the prisoner who gets out and feels 3D for the first time and understands, right? Like, wouldn't that be wild? Okay, I, cool. So do I. So do I. So um, let's talk about that in a few minutes. So this is what's happening in the movie The Matrix. And um, is there anything else to say about that? Um, so, okay, so then... All right, let's 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 expand on the movie. Eventually, um, the cord is pulled out of Neo's uh, physical body that exists in the Matrix um, that the AI are uh, taking the energy from, and he's taken to reality. Right, he's taken to reality, and now he has to get his motor skills back, and he's got to get the muscle back, and and so he starts to. Um, he starts to, you know, see new reality, understand new reality. He's out of the matrix. He's out of the program. And the program is a program. It's only as good as the programmers. It's only as good as the inputs that are in there, right? Again, let's hearken back to my graph. If I want to graph somebody age and height, that's all I'm going to see. That's the only picture that's painted with that data. But as Neo comes out of the matrix and now is gaining muscle ability and gaining his, his, his senses back and all these different things, he's able to do things outside of the matrix that he couldn't do before. And so he can even defy the programs of the matrix. And in the matrix, you know, one might argue that one of the programs is uh, modern day physics. So, so a, the program says, well, you can only do this, right? You can, you can only, gravity works this way. That's the way it works. That's the way it's been programmed. And so you see these action scenes in the matrix whereby he's manipulating time. And that's kind of the wrong way to say it because that's probably not what's happening in my opinion, but he's outside of the matrix. So those rules don't apply to him. So now he can create a matrix, I guess, and he can control what happens. And so he's creating a matrix within a matrix and he, his laws are different. So bullets are slowing down. Time is slowing down. Time doesn't exist anymore for him the way that it does in the matrix program. And so these fight scenes, you see this slow motion where you feel like he's got all the time in the world to understand, to move around, to combat, to counteract what's happening to him. And so, again, picture yourself moving out of the matrix and having that ability. And so 
if you were outside of the matrix and those laws no longer applied to you, the laws are your laws. They're things that that you can't even imagine right now. But if you could, you'd be able to do, experience, know all different kinds of things. This is what would happen to you. And so you would look like a Neo in in the program. Like you, you would you would look far out. You would do things that are just so incredibly out of this world that people wouldn't even understand who you are. And it's like the prisoner now going back into the cave in Plato's allegory. If the prisoner goes back into the cave and and and, and like walks in front of another prisoner and says, hey, yo, 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 look at me. Like, look, look, look at, look at me in front of you. The prisoner would be like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, what? Well, it's a ghost. I'm seeing a ghost. Well, like, what is happening, right? Can you imagine if in your entire life you were looking at a wall and then all of a sudden now you see like a, this thing you've never seen before. You'd be spooked. You would truly believe it was a ghost. You might even want to kill it, right? You might even want to get rid of it. Like what? I can't deal with this. Get rid of Like you, you want to escape. You want to eliminate. So think about that. Do things come into your matrix that spook you that you want to get rid of? And should you be getting rid of them? Are they just appearing for a reason? Are they really scary? I mean, think about that for a few moments. Think about your matrix and what comes into your matrix. Does it scare you? On the other end of the spectrum, does it thrill you, right? They're, all of these things coexist, these things that come into your matrix. So let's get back to the prisoner. The prisoner goes in, um, hey, yo, you know, yeah, there's a whole life out there. There's a fire. And he's explaining these concepts. And like the poor prisoners that are still shackled, like fire, what the hell's a fire? They're thinking like fire, like, and, and, and like you can burn your hand on it if you put your hand in it, right? That, that's what, that's what the buddy's saying who's been out of the cave. And, and they're like, huh, I have a hand, fire, feeling like what's, what's that, right? They, they don't understand. And so it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to picture that allegory because you can understand the essence now of what's happening in a matrix. You can understand that there's more to it. There's other layers of the matrix that you don't see. You just don't see those layers. I posit that they're there. They've always been there. And there's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. There's infinite amounts of matrices. Just like I said earlier, the light matrix, the computer matrix, the microphone matrix, my matrix that I'm creating. It, th there's just infinite amounts of levels within levels. And you're interacting at all times with all of them. Pay attention to what enters your matrix. Pay attention. It's pretty darn cool, isn't it? So... This is what's going on in the movie. This is what happens in Plato's allegory. And I hope that helps you, you know, broaden your understanding of what a matrix is and how it's fabricated and what happens in it. And so I guess it begs the question, what's, what kind of matrix are we living in? What kind of matrices are we living in? And I would say that... Um, there are all kinds of different ones. There are individual ones. I've, I'm creating one right now as we've you know, established. And there are bigger ones and even bigger ones. You know, there's a universal matrix, right? That, that has in its matrix the planets and you know, 
orbiting the sun and our galaxy and the galaxy moving around other galaxies and who knows what beyond that, but that's a massive matrix. Like that's the mother of all matri matrices. It's the, it's the big one. It's the everything one, right? But as you shrink in, you've got all kinds of different matrices. And I would, I would posit that on this planet um, are different matrices. Um, again, created by you, created by me, created by everyone, created by all these different things. But there are master ones that govern a lot of your behavior, that govern a lot of who you are. And I want you to understand that. I really want you to understand that. It's a big concept here. I got to pause for a minute because I know I'm on the right track. I'm getting emotional about it. <sighs> I think that um, there are big matrices on this planet that govern what you're doing right now, the way you're thinking right now. Let's talk about those. So <sighs> think about influence. Let's use the word influence. What influences you? You know, I, I think you would comfortably say, and most people would comfortably say, I'm influenced by media, right? I'm influenced by movies. I'm influenced by people around me. I'm influenced by the weather. The weather influences me. It influences what I wear. It influences, you know, um, how I build my house. There, there are big things in life that influence you, right? And you can accept that. Well, that influences what I do because of the circumstance, right? So then think about that and think about the major things that influence our society on the daily. And one of those things, you know, many, many, many years ago um, would have been religion, right? Religion influences the way we act, the way we behave. Because, you know, religion is, um, could be, I'll interpret it this way, uh, kind of like a set of rules. It's, it's like, well, hey, here's a book or a series of books, and I'd like you to read those books, understand what's in them, and if you believe in them, then live your life according to those books. And there's a lot of beautiful information in those books. I've, I've read some of them. And, and I'm like, yeah, like that resonates. Yeah, that resonates. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. I love that parable. I love that allegory. I love that message. I, I love it, right? And so if that speaks to you, that's great. Like you are in a matrix, right? You are living your life in that big matrix. And there's nothing wrong with that. But where it becomes problematic, I think, is um, when you're not happy anymore, when you're not fulfilled anymore, when your life doesn't feel right, um, then you have to question the matrix. You have to question like, ah, like do those values necessarily align with how I feel right now? And if they don't, then you should look to another matrix, to another an, another set of, of, of influences, another way of living, right? So religion can be a big matrix. And um, I would say that um, those who have controlled the narrative um, for a long time um, have exercised a lot of power over that matrix. And it's possible, it's even possible that there have been, um, there has been a certain amount of 
control that that's gone into that matrix for whatever reason. And I'm, I'm at this moment, I'm not going to postulate on why that is, but it's like, oh, like I want people to think this way, like, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to control the narrative. And, um, that being the case, uh, we've seen in history, you know, people be persecuted and people be, uh, killed, exterminated because their views didn't fit into that mold, into that matrix. And, uh, that doesn't resonate with me, just doesn't resonate. So um, that would be an example of a matrix that has existed for a long time. And over the course of history, there have been times when that matrix was too confining and and actually endorsed the killing of people. I endorse the banishment of this person. I endorse, I endorse the ostracization of this person. I endorse this, right? The power that creates that matrix is establishing the rules. And if you don't abide by those rules, then you are excommunicated or even worse, killed, exterminated, right? So that's the extent to which things can actually happen within the matrix, or as we push you out of the matrix, uh, you're, you're, you're finished, right? So in, in life, in civilization, there have been these matrices that have been pretty large. And I'll provide you an example of other ones. Um, science would be another one, right? So science is a matrix. And we, over the course of history, have established certain rules around um, around how we live that are governed by science. So as people started to reject religion, um, and I'll give you an example, you know, when when uh, Copernicus and Galileo Galilei were were positing that the the Earth is round, dudes, like the Earth is round, you know, that didn't fit into religion's mold, right? No, the Earth isn't is not round. That that doesn't fit into our mold. We say it's this way, and so these people were put in house arrest or or killed, burned at the stake, right? So. Now we've got two matrices that are colliding. And eventually in life, you know, civilizations always fall apart. Matrices always fall apart and they're replaced by another, right? Nature abhors a vacuum. And so, boom, instantly another matrix appears to replace that previous matrix. And so I think that in history, at, at a certain point, a lot of people moved from the, the, the religious matrix to a scientific matrix and said, well, this resonates with me. This is the way I understand the world. And that's great, right? New way of looking at life. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean it's always going to align. It doesn't mean that everything within that matrix aligns. But at some point, what ends up happening is you move, right? And so a lot of society, civilization moved to the scientific matrix. And that was all well and good, right? Ah, we're discovering this and, and all these newfound realizations. Wow, the, the world is, 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 the earth is round and the earth gra uh, orbits around the, the sun. That's incredible. And think of all the things that came from that. With that knowledge, we understood more. And as we start to understand orbits, we begin to understand the moon. We begin to understand the tides. And in understanding the tides, we begin to navigate better. And in understanding the way that, that, that the world works scientifically, we begin to understand understand how to plant better and agriculture improves. All of these things happen within this matrix and it's fabulous. We have a renaissance and the world is growing in this new matrix, but there could come a point in time, just like it did with in religion with many people, where that reality no longer fits, no longer jives. There's new information coming that is supplanting what exists in that scientific matrix. And I see that, like I, that's, that's clear to me. What, what I used to believe in my own personal opinion 
just doesn't jive anymore in in the science um, matrix. I don't believe that the speed of light is the fastest speed anymore. I, I, I simply don't believe that. That doesn't fit for me anymore. Um, there's there's a lot of things that I don't believe about uh, vaccinations, for instance. I, I just don't believe the science I'm being told anymore. It doesn't fit what I'm learning. Um, and that's my belief, right? So, you know, you, several of you now at this point in the, in the podcast will be like, well, fuck him. Like, get like that. I don't believe. But I, I'm telling you that out of love because you would be doing the same thing that the prisoners would be doing. Now, this is just my reality. It doesn't mean it's right. I'm in my own matrix, right? It's my reality. So please afford me my reality. Afford me the 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 love and the space to be able to create in my image. I'm a happy guy. I, I love life. I'm really, really fulfilled at this moment. So if I'm fulfilled and I love and I love you and I love everybody, then allow me to exist. Just Just give me that space. And I will continue loving, right? So, so as you can see now, these institutions, we'll call them, you know, religion, science, they have formulated these big, big matrices. And eventually we, we push out of them. And there's always going to be resistance to that. What the fuck do you mean? Like, you can't, you can't negate that. That's science, right? That's what God says, right? Like, so... So this is natural. What we're seeing right now is actually natural. It's bloody natural, right? And, and so this divisiveness, this, the, this strife in the world, it's happening. It's, it's, it's all part of what's supposed to be happening. Like this is what happens in matrices. This is what happens in the matrix, right? So appreciate it. Like see it for what it is. Just see it. And, and that's what's on the other side of the matrix is seeing what it all is. That, I'll tell you, is what's on the other side. And so, you know, before we were asking that question, what's on the other side? I want to know. I want to experience. I want to understand. It's that ability to understand, to understand beyond that all of these matrices are what they are. They're just what they are. We're going to have divisiveness. We're going to have strife. We're going to have wars. We're going to have ends of physical lives. That, that, that happens, right? So, so there have been more institutions. Very briefly, um, I, I would say that uh, technology, media, um, those are other institutions that have formulated who we are. And, um, you know, let's get into a little bit of a talk about technology right now. You know, technology... Um, and the way we interact with it, I think, is actually narrowing and it is shrinking um, the matrix. It is shrinking your matrix. So it's a, it's a controlling matrix uh, within an infinite amounts of matrices and it's got you trapped. So the technological matrix is actually closing in on you. And how is it doing that, Alex? And, and this again, this is my opinion. It's 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 pigeonholing your viewpoint. You're only seeing a certain amount of things now. And as you get further and further into social media and the algorithms continue kicking in and they and they narrow your viewpoint. So if I'm always watching sports, I'm always going to be watching sports. If I'm addicted to porn, I'm always going to have porn in my feed. You know, like that's that's what happens with technology. It, it plays to uh, your tendencies. It shrinks 
your view. You, 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 you become more and more and more shackled to the wall with less and less and less of an ability to see beyond. You are narrowing that, that viewpoint. And another, another way of looking at it is that you know, the matrix is the fabric, right, that surrounds the space. And the more that fabric tightens around the space, if you're in that space, then you get defined by the fabric of the matrix. We can actually see your shape. And the tighter that net gets around you, the tighter, the tighter, the tighter, the narrower, the narrower, the narrower the viewpoint, you become defined by the matrix. And so if technology is focusing on this or that or this viewpoint or that viewpoint and forcing it down your throat because you're not expanding, you're not seeing beyond it, then you become the fabric of the matrix, right? You become the matrix, you become the program. That's, that's what's actually happening. So it's, it's kind of like brilliant programming. It's, it's true manifestation, right? The matrix is forming you into something and that's not you, you're the space inside, you're, you're you and, and you're beyond the physical, you're the energy, you're the light, you're the love, you're everything that's, that's not physical. You're, you're the space in the oven, the nothingness. You're the space in my mold that's creating the knife, right? You're nothing. But out of that comes the sword. Out of that comes the bread. And so you're, you're everything. You're nothing and you're everything inside the matrix. Don't let it define you. Don't let it cinch around you. Don't let it squeeze you and then have it pop out your shape. Oh, that's who you are. Oh, that's you. I see you now, right? So the, the more that gauntlet comes in on you, the more you're being defined. That's what's actually happening in, in the matrix. Like, that's what happens. It's, it's, it's fucking wild. Um, so now think about that. And, and you don't want to be trapped, right? So, so these are the types of things that are happening. I, I think technology is doing that. I think that um, entertainment to a large degree does that. The movies we see, um, the, the commercials we see on TV, um, even the, the social justice movements that we see, those are defining, right? And doesn't mean they're right, doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just those are definitions. They're all definitions. So if you want to jump into the space of that definition and be defined by it, go for it. That's your prerogative. That's the shape you'll take. And you might feel beautiful in that shape. You might feel awesome. I love it. I'm doing the work. This is, this is me. This is, this is my shape. Awesome. You exist in this physical world. So enjoy that. You have the right to be able to do that. You also have the right to be able to be in infinite amounts of matrices. You, you have that right. So jump from one to the next. Experience what it feels like to be in different ones um, because you can't be contained. You can go anywhere you want. You can experience anything you want. You cannot be contained. I'll tell you that right now. You can't be contained. Can't happen. It just can't happen because you're nothingness. You're the space inside the mold. That's you. That's who you are. That's who the fuck you are, man. That's unbelievable. I got to rest there again for a second. It's unbelievable. So in my mind, this reconciles this beautiful notion of what's happening in a physical world. And, and it reconciles who we truly are. So I, I don't want to escape the world. I don't want to escape Earth. Like, I, I quite like it here in spite of all of its challenges and all of its heartbreaks and all the things I 
do incorrectly and the mistakes I make and, and, and the beautiful things I do and the love I have and the joy and the person I am and the, the being I am. It's, it's all of it's fucking awesome. All of it's beautiful. The, the, all of it, everything, everything, it's all right. It's all perfect. It's all beautiful. It's all happening. And if you understand what the matrix truly is, and you understand those allegories, and maybe you feel it through the movie uh, interpretation, maybe you feel it through Plato's cave, maybe you feel it through a few of those definitions I was able to provide, but maybe it's beyond that. Maybe in this matrix, you have caught on to my energy. You have received the message that I have for you. And the message is not coming out through my words. <laughs> it's not. It's not coming out through my words. <laughs> it's not. Nope. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it? I know you do. Because <laughs> you're in here with me. We just transcended the matrix. <laughs> It's so simple, right? It's so simple. It's so fucking simple. It's so fucking simple. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I can go about the rest of my day and I can do whatever the heck I want. It's Thanksgiving here today in Canada. And, um, and I'm going to go and make some duck confit. <laughs> I've been doing that for three, four days with Sarah. We're going to finish it off tonight, you know, and that, that, that's a whole other question. Is that right? Is that wrong? Duck, should I be vegetarian? Should I be vegan? It doesn't really matter. That's what I am right now. And as my levels of awareness, I catch on and try this on and do this and go into that matrix and go into that matrix. I just do what I'm supposed to do. There's no right. There's no wrong. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And this beauty, the simplicity that I'm talking about exists, it coexists right now with what's about to happen, with what's happening right now, with what I'm about to do for the rest of my day and the challenges I'm about to incur tonight or tomorrow or in my work week. All of it works together. All of it works together. It's just this beautiful workingness. Like it's just, it's all supposed to be like this, exactly like this. So, you know, right now in this world, we're hearing stories of nuclear war, right? This is what's being shown to us on the media. Um, oh my gosh, like between the Russians and between Ukraine and, and the Western forces, there's the threat of nuclear war. It's all supposed to be, it's, it's, all, it's all part of matrices. It's, it's, it's all there. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to reconcile that. You reconcile that. But all that to say that I'm going to go about my day and it's going to feel exactly the same way it did yesterday in spite of this beautiful knowledge, in spite of the beautiful time that we've just spent together. It's, it's going to feel this way. And I'm still journeying. I'm still learning. And you can learn with me. I'll share what I learn. But... I'm taking this knowledge and I'm feeling what it feels like to live outside of these matrices and I'm acclimatizing to new. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm acclimatizing. My metaphorical vision is coming back 
and uh, it's all new. It's all beautiful. I love what I'm discovering. I absolutely love it. And I love you. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me. Thank you for being here with me today in this matrix. Um, Isn't that incredible? I was going to end this podcast, and as it turns out, this particular episode ends up being one of my favorites thus far. Um, Just feels beautiful. So when I feel like it, I'm going to be back, and I'll record another one. And um, yeah, that'll be it. I'm Alex. Um, I'm Alex. I'm me. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I'm not Alex from the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm not Alex... The business owner, I'm, I'm, I'm just me. I'm me. Thank you. Thank you. Wish you an awesome day. Bye.